Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Yo, how y'all doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done. Yeah. Good morning and welcome back to Thoughts by DeVille D.I. I'm your host, DeVille D.I. At least I hope I am. Because I'm wearing the guy's underwear if I'm not. <laughs> you might as well laugh because that's pretty much as good as the jokes are going to get, man. Oh, so I told y'all that I was bringing you an interview with uh, Muggsy, and I did. It is up and available, so go check that out, man. We had a conversation about um, a cultural appropriation in hip-hop, you know, and... He gave his opinion on that. So, I think you'll probably find it interesting. If not, give me the listen anyway. Why not? You, you ain't doing nothing else. And, um, oh man, something cool happened to me yesterday. While I was working, I was at work, and I look up. I get a notification from Twitter, and I realize that Cedric Cooper followed me. Yeah, Cedric Cooper um, professional football player Followed your boy DeVille D.I. How about that man I thought that was dope man I think I made it now well, I'm starting to get more and more of those verified checks On my uh, Twitter man And You know Your initial reaction is just like Why Why is he following me And then you have to realize that you're, I'm a content creator So I guess I ran across something that he likes. Uh, I'm also followed by, I'm not going to drop any more names, but I thought that was pretty cool that he followed me. So let's get on into this Varsity Blues scandal, man. Uh, I believe like 11 people have been arrested and indicted for this fraud they had going on where they were paying elite colleges to accept their children to help them cheat on their SATs, uh, some of them had their had their, their children accepted as like members of the crew, you know, the rowing crew, and they didn't even do crew stuff like that, man. And I don't know why the world is surprised. People of privilege have been doing things like this forever. Um, I remember back when I was high school. It's not the exact same thing, but I remember being in high school and the coach helping a player that would uh help a player find an address so that he could switch schools so he could play for our team he had, he was pre, he played for the team in middle school played him for the team in the ninth grade year and then his family moved so he went out and helped and got the kid an address so that he could come back to our school and keep playing and no these were not uh, African American, black, or or brown kids, a kid that I was talking that I'm talking about because a lot of times, especially when you get into athletics, people automatically assume, you know, that this is a, a melanated person involved in this. But no, these were these were uh, Caucasians who were putting together this little move to make sure that they got that fullback that they needed at Herndon High School. Also, when I left. I remember them um, calling my father down and asking him, you know, 
what could they do to convince me to stay at their school? I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying I'm just a regular old sophomore trash running back. So I don't know why they were interested in why uh, in keeping me at their school anyway when I was uh, leaving. But yeah, this is nothing new, man. You we've all known a kid that was on the athletic team that you always wonder why he was even on the team or why he got the start, and then you find out his dad was a booster. Uh, not a booster that steals clothes, a booster that, you know, a touchdown club and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, this is as old as time, man, that the people of privilege, money talks, money goes one way, and these universities have to be funded. And while they do make billions of dollars off their athletic programs and things of that nature, every school, uh, some of these elite schools don't have, necessarily have great, uh, like, football programs. And they they rely on the alumni to make a contribution to the schools that keeps it going. A lot of these big colleges are being funded by successful people that went to that school. So of course, if you come, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hearing that there there was like uh, numbers like five hundred thousand dollars to help one of the students cheat get a better SAT score and gain them admission in the school. Said it had twice as long as the average student to complete the SAT. And then the teacher, the person who administered administered it, agreed to um, go go back and change some of the answers. And the the test score got like 400 points better than the one they had, the pretest. And... (laughs) That <laughs> that leads to to show the level of in um, retention retention of information. I'm not even gonna say intelligence because you don't necessarily have to be intelligent to pass a test. High school and college, really, for the most part, this trains you to retain information long enough to pass in a test. But so that doesn't necessarily that does not not even we're not even gonna play with it. That does not show or prove that you are intelligent it just proves that you're a parrot you're a good parrot you're able to retain information long enough for a long enough period of time to be able to take a test but when you have twice as long as everybody else to complete your test and you still need help to pass it you may need to be going to community college anyway oh don't knock i'm not knocking community college man college is college just like somebody told me one time what do you call a doctor that may all sees in college you call them a doctor damn it that degree is a degree now some degrees do hold more weight why because we make them hold more weight than others it was an interesting that's a nice segue into my next segment i'm getting a little better than this me and uh i was talking to someone and we were talking about brands and one came up was champion now when I was younger, you got picked at for wearing champion. He's because he brought up that his daughter saw him. He had on a champion sweatshirt, and his daughter was like, "Oh, that's the champion. Where'd you get that? And how much did you pay for it?" Because now champion is high fashion, is a is a popular brand. When I was in school, champion would you could get you get picked at for wearing champion champion hoodies or sweatshirt suits. You could buy it down at kmart for the blue light special yeah people would clown you for wearing that when i was younger but now 
It's a popular brand again. I remember Champion, Champion had that store. At least they did up in the DMV. They had a Champ store, but it, it went out of business, I think, like shortly after I found out about it. But, yeah, Champion was never a popular brand amongst the um, the urban community or any other community. And he was like, I wonder why. What makes it more uh, popular now? And I gave him my thoughts because this I'm the field DI. And it's like, things like that, it's, it's more popular now. It's more valuable now because we said it's because we made it that way. The demand, you know, and a lot of times if you simply just slap a, a high price tag on it, people will buy it just for the, the status symbol because they know everybody can't buy it. And... Of course, if nobody bought it, the price would go down. But they're just fueling the fire because by with the pricing because they know that there are people that buy it just because it is the prices, the retail prices are high. So they can look at the next guy when they walk out. Everybody knows that you have on a a uh, hundred dollar hoodie, and you can look at the next guy and say, eh. Hey, hey, hey. You just got on Fruit of the Looms, and that's what makes it value. I guarantee you, if Fruit of the Loom right now came out and, um, you know, slapped a, a upscale price tag on it and threw it in some of these upscale, upscale retail stores, it'll come off the shelves, and people will buy it like that experiment that they did where they changed the name of the Payless store and, you know, changed, like, the prices of the shoes and people flocked in there and bought up all of the payless shoes at higher prices just because it you know in their head it's about that exclusivity and, and being able to be better than the next person because i have more than you have enough of that man hey i'm gonna tell you about my sponsor and then we're gonna get right back into it Deville the eye was good all my favorite podcasters, y'all always, I'll be just trying to listen, but y'all always make me call it. <laughs> you'll be bagging up about the chili, man. You crazy. <laughs> I had that problem a couple of days ago. I ate some uh, ice cream like late at night and uh, had my stomach all cramped up, man. But um, also touching on the uh, the gentleman, you said he always has a problem and he gets around, uh, you know, the LGBT community. Um, I had a... Uh, uh, a, a person I know that I went to school with, and you know I talk to him all the time. I mean, I am um, he's uh you know he's homosexual, but uh he talks about it how he has a problem with how um you know the the new wave of a uh, uh you know gay community how they try to push it on the public, and he really doesn't uh, appreciate that. But um yeah, man, it's just some craziness. But let me come back. I'm about to run out of time. And yeah, man, you touched on some good points uh, in that, about the bench and people being homeless. And uh, you're so right. We need to be very mindful of that, that, uh, you know, there are people out here um, doing just as worse as we are. And they're out here making it happen. And we also need to understand that we are one or two uh, paychecks from uh, also, uh, you know, being homeless. It was funny because I was walking here in town just the other day and I walked past like over one of those like those, those street grates where that blow the heat up from the buildings. And all I could think about it, I was like, man, that'll be a good place for somebody to post up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, it was also this gentleman we used to see all the time. We used to call him Jesus. And we called him Jesus because he'd be on his knees. 
and he had real long hair and a long beard, and he used to pray up to the sky all the time. And I saw him eating out of a McDonald's um, honey mustard packet um, one day, and I tried to give him some money, and uh, he cussed me out. And I was like, why he get mad at me? And people say, uh, don't, don't give him money. And the reason why, because his family is millionaires, and he hates money. So that was a call in from D Win from D Souls Productions. Yeah, man, I gotta get back to adding in these call ins more frequently when I get them. I used to be on it real heavy, but then I stopped, and for no particular reason. It's just a lot of times that I get the call ins. I'm usually in the office, and then by the time I get back in get ready to record i probably forgot about them because i've been trying to build an episode in my head all day and then you know once it's time to get down to the work i, I do forget to add stuff and i do forget to respond to people sometimes and i do apologize but i do listen to every call in that i get you know that's part of the way how i receive my uh stuff for the thoughts what deville thinks section of the show and that's what I'm going to roll into now. The What DeVille Thinks section of the show. Where basically I take uh, topics given to me by you, the listener. And I speak on them. I give you my take on whatever topic you want to. Because I feel like that's a good uh, a good um, practice. And it's important because I'm just taking the time to find things that I want to talk about. So... I think it's important that I give you guys what you want, what you like to hear me talk about. So go over to the Thoughts by DeVille DI podcast page on Facebook. Leave a comment, leave me a message, and tell me what you like to hear me talk about. Or go over to Instagram, D-V-I-L-L-E underscore D-I. Send me a direct message or even jump in my comments or whatever, however you choose to do it. Or you could even hit me up on my email at thoughtsbydevilledi at gmail. Dot com. I'm more likely to see the email than anything else, though, because, like I said, majority of my day is spent in the office, you know, working. So that email is just right there like boom. But either way, uh, they wanted to know what I think thought about the incident between Russell Westbrook and the fan. So basically the shortest part of the story Russell Westbrook again got into it with a fan. Um, just recently, he got into he had a little, um, little gave a a child fan a little scolding that you know hit him. He says the the child hit him and you know or touched him or whatever, and he gave him a little scolding about you know how you just can't put your hands on people how willy nilly how you want to, which is true. And a lot of times people do, they get those floor-level seats and, you know, they spend a couple grand to sit right there on the floor and they feel like they can just do or say whatever they want to to these athletes. So, um, allegedly, this guy, Russell, says he said something to him to the nature of get down on your knees like you used to. And, you know, uh, Russell felt like that was, you know, racist and meant to be demeaning. But... The guy said that <laughs> the story that he said gave was that Russell was had something on his knee and he thought it was ice and he told him, you know, go just go sit down and ice your knee, bro. And Russell told him that it was heat and 
you know, he went back and forth with him, and then he says that Russell blew up on him and told him uh, about how he, how he fucked him up and his wife. Now, Russell did say that. So, that said, well, DeVille, DeVille, what do you think about it? Do you believe it? Uh, No. I don't think, because somebody, I don't believe that the that somebody telling you to ice your knee or something like that is enough to make your average person just blow up. I don't think so. But it could be true. I don't believe it, though. I believe Russ's story more. And I'm going to tell you why. It, a lot of times fans, like he said, man, people who, who get that close to the people, a lot of times the things that they're saying are derogatory and negative because they're trying to mess with the players. They're trying to get in the players' heads. And then, of course, you have those people that um, want to get a re- – well, of course, everybody wants to get a reaction out of them so that they can go home and say, hey, I said this to Russ, and then Russ said this back and daddy got together. And even the guy admitted that that he was excited. He says he was excited, quote-unquote, to be talking with Russ Westbrook because he's one of the greats, and but he never said anything, any profanity, and his wife never did either. Of course, that's what you would say because you're on TV, you're getting interviewed, you're 15 minutes of fame, and you got to go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day was the day after. You have to go to work, and you have to deal with the repercussions of what you did or what you said if you get on TV and admit what you said. Now, like I said, this is all speculation. I'm no, I don't know for a fact that that's not what happened. I don't believe that that is what happened, though. And the reason why, because I saw a report that said, um, Russ, that the guy was banned, that Utah banned that guy from the thing. Let me check on that right quick and, and, and see if I can confirm that. Yeah, all right, quick. So I jumped over to so I jumped over to the Utah Jazz Twitter page and it's a ver the verified account. So I'm going to assume that this is the real Utah Jazz Twitter page. And it says that the Utah Jazz and Larry H. Miller group announced today a permanent ban of the fan who engaged in inappropriate interaction with the Oklahoma City Thunders Russell Wellbook. Last night at the Vivient Smart Home Arena. The ban is effective immediately and includes all events. The organization conducted an investigation through video review and eyewitness accounts. And the ban is based on excessive and derogatory verbal abuse directed at a player during the game. That violated the NBA code of contact. The Utah Jazz will not tolerate fans who act inappropriately. There is no place in our game for personal attacks or disrespect. So I'm going to say that's confirmation right there. The team says that the the organization said that they investigated it. And there was excessive use of derogatory and abusive uh, language towards this player so get your ass up out of here no more nba for you watch it from the couch buddy that's what you get for messing with these people let these guys come out and do their job nobody shows up to your job and and calls you names and so on and so forth let people be great you know what i mean so 
I think what DeVille thinks has just been turned into what DeVille knows. So, yeah, I didn't believe it in the first place. And I'm going to accept that as my confirmation. The fact that he got banned for excessive use of derogatory and abusive language. So, y'all didn't come here for that, though. Y'all came here for some morning discipline. That's exactly what I'm going to give you. Discipline for today. Man, you have to be disciplined enough to know when to shut up or to just simply say, I don't know, or vice versa. I was in a situation where um, dealing with somebody who clearly was lacking information pertaining to the conversation that we were having. But instead of just sitting there and listening or even asking questions, he kept trying to interject into the conversation, which is bad when it's clear to everybody that you don't know what you're talking about. And everybody's kind of looking at each other like, the hell is this guy talking about? Don't do that. Don't try to look smart, man. Don't try to look smart. Now, I'm not saying that because you don't know something about a particular topic that doesn't make you dumb. What I'm saying is don't try don't try to look smart, man. It's better, like they say, it's better to be quiet and be assumed to be a fool than open your mouth and prove it. I think that it's it's better to to shut up and let people not know what you know as much as it uh as much as it is to not let people know what you don't know, man. Because as soon as you open your mouth, you confirm <laughs> that you don't know what you're talking about. You might be in a situation where you should know what what everybody is talking about. Just shut up. Just be quiet in that meeting and just sit there and bite your tongue and don't be that guy that has to say something, especially when you don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's going to respect that. As a matter of fact, people start to lose respect for you because we know what you're doing. Everybody knows what you're doing. You're trying to make it seem like you're trying to be engaging. You're reaching. You're thirsty for engagement. Stop it. Don't do it. You're making yourself look bad. Take this information, do with it whatever you will, but make sure you be the reason. Somebody's motivated or masturbated today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. And make sure you get you a good, nutritious breakfast. You're going to need it while you're out here getting shit done. I'd like to thank each and every last one of y'all to tune in to DeVille DI Thoughts by DeVille DI, the podcast. I love y'all and appreciate your support because without you guys, I'd just be talking to myself. Now, do me that one favor I always ask you. Get out there and have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to DeVille DI. Thoughts by DeVille DI. I'm out of here.